Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So the Elon story gets even spicier after adding spice and adobo and curcumin and everything else for the last few days. I've got an update on that. Big news on the mask mandate or the lack thereof. Thankfully, a judge has uh, woken up America to common sense on that. Also, the Democrats are panicking about this thing. Coming up in 2024, 2024, we still got 2022. Yeah, they're thinking ahead. They're getting proactive with the panic. I'll explain. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Let's get right to it. I also want to address why I invest in real estate based on an article I read yesterday in the Wall Street Journal and how in this coming inflationary uh, hellscape we're looking at, it's probably helpful for you to at least understand the benefits of it. I'll read that article. Some of the stuff that comes out of that is pretty good. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. It comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com slash survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. All right, Joseph, let's go. Showtime, Daddy. Yes, sir, it is. Yes, sir. So uh, the Elon Musk story with Twitter, they are freaking out. The left, as I've said repeatedly over the course of the last week, it's the hottest story in America because Twitter is the key to censorship. Censorship is the key to liberalism. If liberals don't have censorship, there is no liberalism because you'll learn the truth about what liberalism does, which is give you the double-barreled, family-friendly middle finger. They need censorship to hide the cancerous rot that liberalism is. Twitter is the key to censorship because it is the place I wish it weren't, but at least for now is the place where all the left wing talking heads and swamp rats go to communicate with each other, pat themselves on the back and give each other back rubs. Okay. So does Elon Musk have the cash here to do this deal? And what happens if Elon Musk ups his offer of 54, 20 per share and he ups it to say 60, you have to ask yourself at some point, when does the Twitter board, which I can't repeat this enough has a financial obligation to shareholders. Not a, I mean, they have a moral one, but the moral, they can't be sued over the moral stuff, right? Well, you could be sued for anything. But they have a financial obligation to work in the fiduciary interests of the shareholders. If Elon were to up his bid to say $60 a share and he had the money to do it, what do the shareholders do? Do you say no and risk a mass, a mass revolt? Mask, right? Freudian slip, mask revolt. Mass revolt in court. Charlie Gasparino was on Fox Business yesterday talking about something very interesting, ladies and gentlemen, that Elon may be working with private equity, you know, equity funds that use private funds, obviously private equity, to get together and cobble together the cash to do this deal and make an even bigger offer. This would cause mega trouble for the lefty censorship brigade, brigade and the Twitter board desperately trying to shut this thing down. Listen to every word of this. Check this out. I had plenty of sources in at the big private equity firms, KKR, Blackstone, 
Apollo, you name it. I know people at all these places. Every one of those firms, from what I understand, are crunching numbers about you know potentially joining uh, Musk's bid and or and, or at least being part of something that comes down here because uh, they think this thing is in play. Meaning Twitter uh, joining Musk's bid would be or playing at least at least the the, the sort of the, what I, the indication I'm getting now, and who knows, it may be more direct at some later point where they actually bid for it. But that's not what I'm hearing now. What I understand is that they're looking to play a role in the debt financing of the uh, of the acquisition that, you know, Elon, yes, he's worth 250 billion on paper and he's going to have to sell some stock. But there's going to be a significant uh, financing piece of this in any type of bid. He's going to have to borrow. Uh, and they're all crunching numbers to be part of that borrowing. And what, what is most attractive to them, from what I understand, is the senior secured lending, which you know gives the, the bondholder, if this thing blows up, uh, first lien on, on assets or whatever whatever's going down. He combines with a bunch of these private equity firms to buy this thing and can replace the management and moves the board out over time. And gets people in there who believe in free speech. You have to understand the left's, this is why I put panic in the title, because it's true. The left's entire model collapses right in front of them. It is built around the idea of censorship and preventing you from hearing about Hunter Biden. Preventing you from hearing about the actual reality of the collusion hoax. Preventing you from hearing about the spying on Donald Trump. Preventing you from hearing about the embedded racism on the left. They want you to not hear about all of this. They need to hide it from you. Folks, also, one more thing I can't mention enough. I think Charles Payne was talking about it yesterday on Fox. Correct me if I'm wrong via email. But Charles Payne was on Fox yesterday discussing the options, how management board people are paid in options. A lot of them, not all of them, but they're paid in stock options. Those stock options only uh, only have value if the stock hits a certain price. If Elon pulls out of this deal and the stock collapses, these managers walk out of there with nothing. Zero. Zero. Folks, censorship is all they have. They don't have anything else. Look at this post-millennial article. YouTube, which, you know, is, of course, a part of the most evil company in America, Google, a communist company obsessed with thought control and censorship in the United States. I kicked them off my website, Bongino Report. They're kicked off. They're banned forever. Google ads, you're not allowed back. Google ads, so don't ask. And I also canceled YouTube myself, getting ahead of these idiots. My last video on YouTube is why I'm leaving YouTube, because it's a communist company obsessed with thought control, socialism, and censorship. Look what they did, just like Twitter. Post-millennial. YouTube removed the Tucker Carlson interview with a woman who detransitioned. She was pushed uh, testosterone, this woman, and transitioning drugs and hormones. She regretted it. She detransitioned, but whatever that you never really transition, right? Detransitioned. Tucker Carlson interviewed the woman. YouTube, of course, took it down. Why? Censorship is the bedrock of the left's ideology. They must isolate you from the truth. The truth being, you. This is uh, that there are people out there, large swaths of them, who regret being pushed these treatments. They don't want you to know about that. The trans lobby doesn't want you to know about that. Censorship is the key. Their entire ideology revolves around censorship. Wanted to give you a quick update on that Elon thing. I got a lot of news, a lot of stories today. Today's going to be 
a, uh, a quick show. We got to bounce from topic to topic because I don't want to miss anything. So yesterday, a uh, federal judge in Florida, who I admire greatly, she ruled that the CDC, she made a, uh, had a legal decision yesterday that the CDC's mask mandate for travel uh, was not constitutionally sound, scrapped it yesterday. So I just want to show you quick, showing you again how the left, the left's version of reality on Twitter, which revolves around censorship and reality are not the same thing. Your videos like this were trending on Twitter yesterday. I can almost guarantee you it's only a matter of time before mask stuff and mask videos start getting pulled down on there too. They have to censor you from the truth. Here's the sound on the plane when the, uh, when the flight attendant announced that the mask mandate was now not a mandate and was now optional and voluntary. Check this out. Now I bring this up because it's kind of astonishing that I was scrolling through this left wing platform yesterday, Twitter to see the response. And yet Twitter, which is fully left wing, fully communist, Elon's trying to change that. I didn't see a lot of videos of people booing. Did you see him, Joe? No. Mm-mm. You're just saying, Gee, what about you? None. Gee, no. Gee's shaking his head no, too. Gee is back, by the way. Hey! Thankfully, he's back. Well, Easter. we love to have him Paula up, too, but Paula had something to do today. Gee is back. I'll address that a little later, too. Folks, where are the videos of people booing? You just don't see it, even on a left-wing platform. How come there wasn't a mass outbreak of, uh, of uh, screaming and yelling? Because, again, Twitter reality and reality are not the same thing. Now, they are melting down. I, I thought about this. I, I sat there before the show. I'm putting the show together for these guys, right? And I'm saying to myself, do I post all these tweets of crazed leftists? I bought a ticket for a mask flight. Now there's no mask. What do I do? What, what do you do? No one's telling you to not wear a mask. What if I told you from the start, right? The two narratives the left is obsessed with during COVID, right? Just, just go on any social media platform and look at it. If you're a leftist, there are two things and only two things you want to talk about. Forcing people to get a vaccine and forcing people to get a mask. They don't want to talk about anything else. Hydroxychloroquine. God forbid you mention anything about ivermectin. Even studies, good or bad, I take them all, right? God forbid you mention monoclonal antibodies. They don't want to talk about any of it. They want to force people to do stuff. This has nothing to do with COVID. Now, the mask mandate being repealed yesterday by this, being ruled unconstitutional by this judge yesterday, correct? Because it did, the CDC exceeded its power, correct? Right? Does nothing to stop you from wearing a mask. If you were a leftist nutbag out there in a moon bat, here's a newsflash for you. Break in, get ready for it, fellas. You can still wear a mask. You can wear two. You can wear three. If you'd like to wear a, a helmet, as long as it complies with TSA guidelines and you don't suffocate yourself on the plane, you can wear that too. Nobody is stopping you. You want to wear an N95? Wear an N95. You want to wear a cloth mask that we know does nothing to stop COVID? You can do that. You may be wearing the mask for different reasons, but you can do that. Your problem and the reason you lunatic, maniac, socialist, communists are melting down is because you want to tell other people what to do. And now they get to give you the double barreled family friendly. You're upset, not because you can't wear a mask. You're upset because you can't tell other people to wear a mask. 
What does that say about you? You have self-esteem problems. You probably have very little, if any, dignity at all. And you find value in ordering people around because you can't order people around in the real world because you're not freaking smart enough to get a job where you could be promoted to a supervisor. So you seek power and authority and, and, and dominion over others. So this gave you a reason to do that, to go on planes and start screaming, flight attendant, flight attendant, carroting all day. This woman doesn't have her mask over her nose while she's drinking. You want her to drink through the mask? This is why you're so upset, because you're losers, losers. You have no lives. Everybody's laughing at you, all of us. Sorry, and just the mask thing, you know, it's been a Man. constant thorn in my side because I'm just, I, I can't, you can do what you want. You want to wear a mask, go ahead. Nobody's stopping you idiots. Okay, now this has created an interesting, you know where I go for lefty lunacy, right? Playbook and Axios, their morning emails. You can always figure out when the left is panicking, hence the title of today's podcast, panicking about Elon, panicking about the mask thing. Panicking about the loss of Hispanic support. Yeah, I'll get to that in a minute too. But from playbook this morning about the mask. Now the Biden administration, Joe's in a little bit of a pickle here. They got, got them right there. They're like, ooh, baby, that hurts so crazy. Okay. So they're in a little bit of a conundrum. Ooh, boy. Political. Yeah, political is kind of freaked out, playbook. They're like, what do we do? My gosh, we yeah. got to put masks on. People got to be able to tell people what to do. So they're saying they, they chalk it out here and they chalk talk it out. They say if the administration doesn't appeal, they got a problem. This is them, the playbook, the lefties in the morning. They say it, it hurts the institutional authority of the CDC. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Just hold that for a second on the screen. Sorry. This just shows, folks, again, goes to show you how the lefties at playbook every morning. Joe, I know where you're laughing. You already. Folks, they do, the CDC doesn't have any institutional. Nobody takes them seriously. Anyway, you can't hurt the credibility of a Times Square three-card Monty guy, okay? They have no credibility. There is a, there's a, this is this, this is the playbook, again, reframing an argument through their own rose-colored glasses that the CDC is some bastion of credibility. Nobody takes them seriously now. Everybody laughs at them. So they say if, if the Biden administration doesn't appeal the, the repeal of the mask mandate and push to have it, it reinstituted, that it hurts the CDC's credibility. Okay, whatever. They go on to say, but if they don't appeal, again, the Biden doesn't, if the Biden administration doesn't appeal, they say politically, they're not wrong here. It takes a tough issue off the White House's plate. Democrats sensing that they're crazed lunatics, I threw the lunatics part in there, and crazy, have already been moving away from mask mandates for months, saying it's time for folks to get back to normal. This move by the judge in Florida makes that decision easy for them. You get what they're saying there? The Biden administration doesn't appeal yeah. this. They can just say, hey, it's not worth the time. The judge did it. The courts have ruled moving on. And they don't have to look like they did it, even though they know the mask mandates. It's evidenced by these hundreds of videos on the Internet, people clapping on the planes, right? Now they can just move towards a more popular position and they don't have to worry about their left-wing lunatic socialist nuts, okay? Then they say, what happens if the administration does appeal this and pushes to reinstate the mask mandate? Well, they go, and they go to credibility. It reiterates the CDC's central role in setting health-related pandemic policies. The CDC doesn't have a central role in setting policies, you idiots. They have an advisory role. Legal policy is set by who? Congress. 
gosh, these people are nut jobs. Then they go on. If they do appeal politically, it risks blowback on a hot topic headed into the summer travel season. Why? Because this is very important. It gives voters a clear target of who to blame for mask mandates, despite Democrats' efforts to distance themselves from it. And they note, by the way, scientifically sound policy. Ha! That's hilarious. Notice they don't, there's no link in there. Notice they don't include the link to the scientifically sound. Did you notice that? Kind of funny how they did that. Yeah. Folks, it's going to sound strange, but I'm actually hoping the Biden administration um, does it. And I think they will appeal this. Why? Because they're absolutely right. It'll tell the public exactly who is forcing face diapers on your face. Cloth masks, they've known for a while have been ineffective. It'll tell you exactly before the election who is making you put a mask on. And it's not us, the Republicans. I'm going to predict a couple things. Biden's screwed either way here. He's in a lot of trouble. Second, as I said, liberals will, libs will melt down and continue to melt down on social media, which will only make the party look worse because they don't want to wear a mask. They want to tell you to wear a mask. Okay, that's the difference. The two narratives will continue. Masks, ma- mandates, and vaccines, no matter what. There will be states and uh, you know uh, liberal entities that will still demand it. And I'll predict the fourth thing here as well. Fights are going to break out over this because liberals are angry. They are nuts. Not all of them. But the liberals I've seen and I've heard about in airports will lose their minds. One of them is going to get up for an early flight. You guys know it. They're going to miss Joe at the flight, right? They're going to be walking out of the airport. They're going to see a guy without a mask. Can't mark my words, right? And they're just going to lose it. They're just going to lose it. You're going to see these videos, I promise you, in the coming days and weeks of liberals in airports melting down, looking at people with no masks on. Bank on it, Joe. Mark the date. You got yes, it? Tuesday, April 19th, 926. Flag okay, it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Signature line. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate mega stores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Okay. Back to the show. Panic breaking out everywhere, which usually means a good thing if it's breaking out on the left for freedom and liberty because they're anti-freedom, anti-liberty, and we're anti-anti-freedom and liberty, right? That's our role. So I went to Axios's email list this morning, and the Democrats now are not just worried about 2022 being an electoral apocalypse. That's, of course, obviously this November's election. They are also worried about 2024. Why? Okay. Little bit of logistics. I'm sorry to oversimplify this. I know the conservatives and patriots know this. I get it. But there are some liberals listening, so we have to go slow. Forgive me, Charlie Brown Encyclopedia style. My deep apologies. But unlike the House of Representatives, which is up for re-election every two years, the Senate run in six-year terms, and they're stunted. Class one, class two, and class three. 
A third of the Senate is flushed out every election. Well, I mean, you can get reelected, but they're up for reelection. You get the point. Just a third. So not every senator is up every cycle. I'm, I'm again, I'm sorry to oversimplify. There are some leftists listening. Folks, the class up in 2022 is candidly not a great election for Republicans. This one. A lot of the states in play are left leaning. Having said that, even though it is left leaning in 2022, we still have a chance of winning back the Senate. That's how bad the damage Biden has done to the left is. So we clear like you want an election cycle, folks, if you're a Republican, you know, where Florida, Louisiana, Montana, Wyoming, right? Where those seats are up. You don't want seats in New York, California. You get the point, right? It's not complicated. Yeah. Again, I'm sorry. There are some libs listening. The Democrats who are saying, my gosh, this is so bad. Even in a terrible cycle for Republicans, which 2022 is based on the Senate seat up, they could lose. But my gosh, 2024, if Trump runs, could be, quote, much worse. Axios AM, Democrats' worst Trump nightmare. This is from their email list this morning. The panic is palpable. You can touch it. You can touch it like kneading dough. They say Democrats are sleepwalking into a Senate disaster, yells Simone Bezalon. That sounds like a very serious name. Wrote last week on Matty Iglesias' Substack. He's a left-wing uh, guy. So here it goes. They say the 2024, they're talking about the Senate map, is much worse. A close presidential election in 2024, they wrote, could doom Democrat senators Tester in Montana, Manchin in West Virginia, Sherrod Brown in Ohio, Bob Casey in Pennsylvania, Tammy Baldwin in Wisconsin, Kirsten Sinema in Arizona, plus Debbie Stabenow in Michigan and Jackie Rosen in Nevada. In all those states, hardcore liberalism is a tough sell. Folks, think of the kicker here. These are six-year terms. You get them and flush those Democrats out in these swingy states, if not blue-leaning states like Pennsylvania, swingy states like Arizona. And swingy states like Nevada, too. You have the seat for six years. If we win in 2022, Laxalt wins and some of these uh, some of these outlier states that may not be, you know, are trending in our direction, but definitely aren't red. We could control the Senate for a decade or more. Chest up, chin out a little bit. Things are looking up. But it definitely requires us to vote. Now, why is it going so badly for the Democrats? Well, we've discussed it kind of ad nauseum, but it's worth just bringing up quickly. The leftist censorship is killing people. The leftist censorship is just, it's, it's, it's getting people killed. It's, it's really, it's causing a mass hysteria. It's causing, a, you know, the scientific doubt. It is going to be one of the single most damaging things the left has done to public health credibility. They're trying to paint it the opposite way, that the censorship of potential vaccine side effects, that the censorship about lockdowns and the effect of it. They're trying to pretend that that they're doing good for public health by preventing misinformation. What they're really doing is getting Americans to doubt public health officials. I said what I meant. So God forbid there's another outbreak and the CDC finds information and puts it out that it could save lives. Folks, I'm telling you, people are going to doubt it. This is a real problem. The censorship is, is, uh, is, is just destroying them and their party. 
The inflation crisis is catching up to Dems. The immigration uh, crisis, too, with the border. They're in a world of trouble. Now, you're starting to see this even in demographic groups that the left had relied on in the past for bedrock support, concrete, rock-solid support. Here, Washington Examiner article. They're leaving in droves, folks. You're going to see black voters next. It's happening now. Democrats' Hispanic voter problem mirrors their working-class voter problem. Folks, they cannot win without Hispanic voters. They can't. You understand there's no math? There is no math. Sarah Westwood in the Examiner article, be in my newsletter today, bongino.com slash newsletter. If you'd like to subscribe, it's free, of course. But check it out. We send you these articles every day. She notes, well, excuse me, she talks to this Democratic strategist who notes that the single biggest reason is inflation. Hispanic Americans are not happy because their income's not keeping up with inflation. He added, this is a Democrat strategist, by the way. Hispanic Americans have the same economic concerns that other Americans have, and it's a big problem. Joe, how many times have we said this? Mm. Guys and ladies, listen, I'm not, uh, uh, this isn't some like silly virtue signaling thing, okay? We don't do that crap on the show. I have no reason. I don't care. My wife is an immigrant to this country, okay? Uh, you know, she obviously has friends who are Hispanic. It's so ridiculous. We've even got to have these conversations. <laughs> I have warned the Democrats. It is. Isn't it stupid? I have warned the Democrats for eons that Hispanic voters are not the Borg from Star Trek. They don't vote on singular issues like immigration. They care about other things, too. This is shocking to them. To the left. I'm not kidding. It's shocking to them that they need like a strategist. <laughs> it is. It's hilarious that they care about inflation. It's like Hispanic Americans care about inflation. <laughs> They're like Bozo the Clown. We have warned them forever. Healthcare costs, inflation, education, trans indoctrination, teaching their kids that they're racist, overregulation. This is all issue. They treat Hispanic voters like idiots. My wife has told me about this for years, that this is going to happen. There's going to be a tidal wave of people rushing into the GOP. Now you're seeing the numbers, folks. And, 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 and again, I get it. I know some of you are going to email me, Dan, stop warning them. It doesn't matter. There is no, all I'm telling you this for is so you double down in your efforts in your local Republican clubs Tea Party groups, Libertarian groups, whatever it is, it's time to double and triple down on going out and courting Hispanic voters and showing them the benefits of a liberty-oriented agenda. Don't think, oh my gosh, you know, we, we bought the Democrat hype. Hispanic voters are going to vote Democrat. They are not. It is our job to go and speak face-to-face and not talk to them like freaking robots. They're not. These are people. It's unbelievable we have to say this. That have people and individual interests. They don't have group interests. Stunning. So I don't do this a lot because one of the things I want to emphasize is, again, I'm not your financial advisor. And I say that. I don't mean that to say I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to, you know, fine. Obviously, I wouldn't have a show otherwise. This stuff matters to me. I study it. I look into it. And I really care about managing my own money. And I believe you can do it with some sound rules. I say it because I don't know your individual circumstances, your risk tolerance or whatever it may be, but I don't see the inflation crisis getting any better. The reason why foreign countries, ladies and gentlemen, are in far worse shape than we are, even though we owe a catastrophic 
$30 trillion plus dollars if you factor in the uh, Social Security and other payments as well. Even though we owe an amount of money, I don't think it's even remotely possible we can pay back, okay? Just to be clear. Foreign governments and foreign investors are still buying our debt. I don't want to get too wonky with it, but it means we're essentially getting free loans every day. What does that mean? A simple analogy, Joe. Tell me if this makes sense. If Joe's a spendthrift, okay. poor hey, Jim's not here, so Joe's making the radio, it's Jim. On the podcast, it's always been poor Joe. Joe's a spendthrift, right? Joe owes $100,000 and he makes $100,000, right? So Joe says to me, Dan, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to lock it up this year. I am not going to spend as much money. I'm going to clean up my finance. I go, good job, Joe. All right. One of the worst things that could happen to Joe, wouldn't you agree, would be people who love Joe lending Joe money to continue to spend, right? Yeah. Joe, I'll give you low interest. I'll just give you, right? Yeah. Joe, that's what's happening in the United States. We are trying to curb inflation. And because every other country sucks far worse in their fiscal condition than the United States, they still keep buying bonds, which means the U.S. can borrow cheap. Folks, we don't want to be able to borrow cheap. Yes, we do, Dan. It's going to cost us a lot. No, no, we don't because it's encouraging the government to spend more. I know this sounds counterintuitive, but stop lending us money. Dan, you're going to cause a debt crisis. The debt crisis is happening. Inflation is going to get worse. It is not going to get better. So what's the one of the best ways I use? Listen, I buy assets, metals, comic books, whatever I can get my hands on that is assets I buy. Because why? Then it's denominated in dollars, but it's not cash. What does that mean? Well, if you buy a diamond for $100, just whatever, say it's some cheap diamond or whatever it is, for $100, you exchange the piece of paper that said 100 on it for a diamond, which isn't typically a great investment, but you get the point, for one that's now worth $100 when you got it. If inflation goes up, and say doubles, the diamond next year is worth $200. Again, just assuming that, you know, it's a good diamond, whatever. It's worth $200. Although you traded it for something that said 100 on it a year ago. If you would have kept the $100 piece of paper, it still says 100 on it. I buy assets and I love um, real estate as well. I saw this article in the Wall Street Journal. It was a good one, Lawrence uh, Kotlikoff. It says a home is your castle against rising inflation. He brings up this great point. I think inflation is going to get worse. So he says, even though mortgage rates, think this through, we're at 5% right now. He's like, if inflation continues to go up, you still win. He says, if you're holding back from buying a house because of the rise in rates, consider that inflation's up even more. A year ago, it was 2.6 year over year. Today, it's 8.5 inflation, 8.5%. We haven't seen this inflation this high since the early 1980s. It's a great point he makes. Very simple math here. If inflation continues at this rate, the 8.5%, you're better off borrowing money today for a mortgage at 5% and paying it back a year from now with dollars that have depreciated by 8.5%. Simple math, right, folks? Think about it, right? You took a mortgage in the 1960s on your house. Your house was $30,000. Do you want to pay it back in 1960s dollars or today's dollars? Today's, of course. $30,000 $30,000 mortgage. You're like, mortgage for a house? I can't even buy a car for that now. Exactly. Your dollar, your the dollar from the 1960s doesn't buy now, uh, doesn't buy now, now what it bought then. You want to pay with dollars worth less. 
So he makes a great point. If a mortgage 5%, inflation continues to go up, you could score huge. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to be that long term. There is some risk in that. And you got to check with your own people on it. But he says, here's another reason. Here's the reason I buy real estate. I'm not, you think I'm driving the listeners nuts with this guy? No, but does anyone care what I think? Okay, I like this why This one's a great one. He says, this is why I do it. Kotlikoff notices here. Given all this, you should buy now. I worry that if you do, house prices will crash. But buy now. He says, houses, like most physical assets, retain their real value during high inflation and have done far better than most such assets. Plus, if you buy a primary residence now and house prices fall, you won't be affected unless you have to sell. As long as you have a stable job, you can manage your mortgage, you don't get ahead of yourself, basically, and you don't need to move anytime soon, a short-term drop in housing isn't a concern for you. This is why I love real estate. This is not an ad. This is not a spot. This is what I do. I pump everything I can into real estate because you're trading cash, right? That's stuck at the 100 on the bill. If you keep that cash bill that says 100 and it's not in an an interest-bearing account, which many of them aren't these days because interest rates are so low, it still says 100 10 years from now. You exchange that 100 for a house, the house doesn't say 100. The house says 200 if inflation goes up. And if it falls and you don't need to move and you didn't get out ahead of your skis with your mortgage, what do you care? The market will typically come back. And with high inflation, I see no way it doesn't. I'm just telling you, this is what I do. Talk to, measure your own risk, uh, your own appetite for risk. Do your own thing. But listen, right now, they're giving away free money at 5%. Free money. Think about it, right? My father, had, they bought a house for $30,000 back, I think, in the 60s and uh, 70s. His wife, uh, my, my stepmother, right? 60000 something dollars. She, she got the house in, uh, what was it, the 70s or something like the early 70s. No, $30,000. You don't want to pay that back with that money. You want to pay it back with money today, obviously. Okay. This is kind of a tragic, uh, tragic comedy. I say it because it's funny to watch, but really it is tragic watching Joe Biden just completely collapse in front of our very eyes. You probably saw it yesterday, but it's worth showing again because, folks, we're really in the danger zone. And breaking this morning, a serious story, not a joke. Uh, Joe Biden apparently told Barack Obama he's planning on running for reelection. Folks, we can't have that. I'm asking the Democrats, please, if you can never vote Republican in your life, I, I'm not, I, then there's nothing I can do to convince you. Fine. You do you. You want to run the country to the ground, do your thing. I'm asking you as a fellow American, please, not this guy, anyone else, someone, please, who's cognitively there. He told Obama he's going to run again. I mean, we're looking at real danger to- territory right now. Forget about Two and a half years. The guy's not there. Look at this yesterday. If you're watching on, uh, listening on audio, please watch the show on Rumble. Here's Biden had to be rescued yesterday. Not a joke. Literally by the Easter Bunny. A guy, a woman in a costume at the White House uh, because he started talking to the crowd and it just started to veer off course like it always does. Check this out. Folks, I mean, really, this is this is this is just disturbing stuff. They put a Wrangler in an Easter Bunny costume to prevent Joe Biden from talking to anyone with cameras anywhere around because they are that uncomfortable with uh, where he is cognitively. Here's another one. Again, tragic here. 
He's up on the balcony on the uh, south side of the White House. And uh, Jill Biden, Jill, is next to him. And he finishes his speech. And I want you to listen. Count to about eight. And you'll hear very faintly in the background. If you're watching a rumble, it's a little easier. About eight seconds in, you'll hear Jill Biden. Obviously, the first lady has to tell the president to wave because he doesn't even know. to. I mean, this is just deeply disturbing. Check this out. Thank you and happy, happy Easter. All right. Wait. Wait. Do you hear it? She says it twice. Wave, wave. He doesn't even know to wave. I mean, it, this is really like we're getting in puppet master territory right now. Folks, come on. Again, to the Democrats, if, if it is not in your, your toolbox, right, to ever vote Republican, there's nothing I can do to talk you out of it. I'll continue to try. But fine. Would you do you? I'm just asking you, please not this guy. He is a serious threat, a legitimate threat to the United States moving forward. He is the commander-in-chief with his hands on the nuclear codes, the nuclear button, and he is clearly suffering right now. Clearly. Okay, uh, moving on. Folks, I don't know if you've heard of this person, Taylor Lorenz, but uh, she's one of the biggest clowns in the media. She spends her days whining about uh, people attacking her online. Why she would pick a public profile and then complain about being publicly attacked is beyond me. Can I throw a little pro tip out for you? And I don't mean this to be a jerk. I mean it because I'm, I'm telling you the truth and preparing you for the obvious ahead. I'm a public figure. I'm on a public platform, Fox, this podcast. Any public person can access it, the radio show. Anyone can tune into the dial and listen. I'm telling you part of the business is getting nasty grams every day. Sadly, some of them are death threats. I don't get those a lot, but I get about five or six a week. You're like, that's not a lot. No, I mean, it really isn't compared to some of my friends. Um, I've had people show up at my house. Uh, I've, it's just, you know, I've had a couple people in public say dumb things. Paula actually shuts them down before I do. She knows I have a bad temper with that. But being a public figure, if you want to get into podcasting, radio, run for office, it is part of the business. I wish it weren't, but it is. A lot of people don't like you, they won't like you, and they take out their rage on social media. Taylor Lorenz, who apparently writes for the Washington Post, uh, who is really a disgraceful, I mean, clown of a human being, has been whining and griping about this forever. Oh my God, people attack me online. She is a buffoon. She's complained endlessly about the doxing of people, this Washington Post, but which is kind of interesting because Ron DeSantis' press secretary, the fantastic, amazing Christina Pushaw, got this email from Taylor Lorenz. Hey, Christina, I'm a tech reporter at the Washington Post. We're running a story exposing the woman behind the libs of TikTok account. Our story mentions your interactions with the account and your praise of it. If you'd like to offer a comment, please let me know within the next hour. You can give me a ring if you prefer. Thanks, Taylor Lorenz. They're exposing that. By the way, here's a photo of Taylor when she was on NBC crying and sobbing like a child. Oh my gosh, people say mean things about me online. Keep in mind, she chose to be a public figure. The libs of TikTok account was being run anonymously. So she decides to expose someone who didn't want to be exposed while complaining about being exposed, why she exposed herself as a public figure. 
This is the clown show that's Taylor Lorenz. Now, of course, Taylor Lorenz is dope. So Taylor Lorenz, uh, she, she inadvertently is going to cause the Streisand effect. Everybody knows the Streisand effect, right? The Streisand effect when Barbara Streisand told people not to photograph her house. With then legions of people curious as to why she didn't want photographs showed up to photograph her house. Right. So now that Taylor Lorenz wants to make the libs of TikTok account go away, it is on Twitter. I'm not going to promote Twitter, but she, uh, the libs of TikTok account, she's also on True Social as well. She's at libs of TikTok. And there is a screenshot if you'd like to see. She has 37,000 followers, 37.4. I'd really appreciate it if you would go and follow libs of TikTok on True Social. It would be really, really spectacular. It'd be great. Two pager today because we always got a lot of information. Uh, I want to get to the. It's, wait, I'm a. It's been a while. Is Joy the gold? He, she is the gold. Okay, I just didn't want to be sure we'd have to do a promotion today. I've got Joy Reed. Uh, Joy Reed is very very concerned about who she calls Tuckums. Tuckums. Joy Reed. Remember the author of the homophobic blog post who sick the FBI. Joe, that was your case. <laughs> you have been abdicating your duties and oh, I'm getting me. tired of it. You're getting out of demotion soon. Oh, man. I ordered, it was an order a while ago. I said, Armacost, you would need to go out and get an update on Joy, Joy Reid's homophobic blog post. She said the FBI was investigating. You've done nothing. You've, it's just pure laziness at this I point. He has done nothing. To, I would guess because you probably haven't found any I updates. Haven't found but that anything. is, you haven't found anything. He's been working. He's been working very hard. Yeah. I've got an update on that. And Joy Reid's hilarious meltdown on Tucker Carlson covering a very real story. A real story which troubles her. Men's testosterone levels declining for years. It's a real serious story and a public health crisis. But of course, Joy's too dumb to know that. She's too busy uh, trying to cover up her homophobic blog. She has no idea. I'll get to that. Also, a, uh, wouldn't you say, guys, right? buy emergency food now? PolitiFact article? Buy it now. You'll see what I mean. Yeah. PolitiFact, buy it right now. Trust me. Okay, today's show brought to you by our friends at LifeLock. Global events have the potential to impact the United States through cyber attacks. And while most experts agree that most cyber attacks would likely be targeted on businesses, institutions, and other utility infrastructures, they also say it's more important than ever to practice cyber hygiene at home, you, yourself, you and your family. It includes multi-factor authentication, updating software, creating strong passwords, and using a VPN. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. It affected mine. My identity was stolen. It was a real hassle for about a year of my life. Every day we put our information at risk on the internet. In an instant, a cybercriminal could steal what's yours, sometimes even harm your finances and your credit. Take you forever to clean it up otherwise. Good thing there's LifeLock. LifeLock, LifeLock. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number for sale on the dark web. If they detect your information has been potentially compromised, they'll send you an alert. I get texts, get them about once a month. Thankfully, the alerts are very proactive. It hasn't been anything serious, but it's really important you stay on top of this. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But you can help protect what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com slash Bongino. That's lifelock.com slash Bongino for 25% off. Don't wait. Don't wait. Take this deal today. Okay. So Joy Reid, who is the gold medal in our dopey media talking head Olympics, the gold medal winner. She was promoted about a year ago. She has yet to relinquish the, uh, the, uh, the medal. 
Uh, she beat out Brian Stelter, although he's been making moves lately too. But Joyce just and yeah, he goes, oh yeah, but way, 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 way ahead as uh, as uh, Joy Reid. Here's Joy yesterday talking about a segment Tucker Carlson did discussing the very real, scientifically established through data fact that men's testosterone levels have been declining for decades. She, of course, can't read the science, so she thinks it's hilarious. Check this out. The message here is far more nefarious. It's about the so-called decline in masculinity and the rise of the left. And it's a message that resonates deeply with Tuckum's Gen X to elderly white male evangelical audience. The formerly bow-tied Dancing with the Stars contestant's hyper-masculinity flex is some pretty blatant fascist posturing. The decline of real men is code for conservative white men who need laser beams to make white babies. And if that all falls apart, that spooky old great replacement theory is bound to succeed. What's scarier is what the rhetoric translates into. From book banning to abortion bans and laws that regulate procreation in women's bodies. And what is now an obsession with the false notion that scary liberal saboteurs are going to turn your kids, meaning your sons, trans. That fascist posturing has led to fascist tendencies on the American right that worship tough guy, well, fake tough guy, Trump, who even as a ghostly presence can still reign as a party boss as he recreates New York's Tammany Hall at Mar-a-Lago. Gee stole my thunder there. I was, this was exactly my point, Joe. Gee's like, man, she got a lot out of that testosterone story by Tucker. That's exact. I mean, almost yeah. verbatim what I was going to say. She jumps from Tucker's report on the war on boys and the drop in testosterone among men to fascism, book banning, trans agenda, crazy Republicans. I mean, it's so, this is it's what Joy does. Joy, listen, I know people who know Joy. Joy is not a particularly smart person, okay? She's not, she's never been smart. So what Joy does is she does the hysteria. Like this show has substance in it. We bring in articles outside of stuff you may see. We talk about data. We laugh a lot. I get it. But I never intended this show to be a, a comedy fest. Never. I always intended it to be edutainment, educational entertainment. That's not Joy. Joy is a, a, a carnival barker. She just screams a lot about fashion. She, she, she has like four or five buzzwords. White supremacy, fascism, Tuckums, and that's it. She has nothing else of substance to bring. So Tucker's report about testosterone levels dropping and it being a big problem, which it is, is very real. So I went to a nonpartisan site, Forbes, just to show you. I didn't pull up a partisan website. It's from 2017 to show you again that this isn't even new. This is old. Old. People have known this for years. You're not the man your father was. This article will be in the newsletter if you'd like to read it. Studies show that men's testosterone levels have been declining for decades. The most prominent, a 2007 study in the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism, revealed a substantial drop in U.S. men's testosterone levels since the 1980s, with average levels declining by about 1% a year. That means a 60-year-old man in 2004 had testosterone levels 17% lower than a 60-year-old man in 1987. Another study of Danish men produced similar findings with double-digit declines. Folks, it's a very real problem. And we may want to figure out why. Is it chemicals in the environment? What's going on? If they continue to go down, we're going to have a significant problem, including a potential fertility crisis. But Joy Reid's an idiot. She doesn't know any of that. Joy Reid's still claiming her blog with all the homophobic material and it was hacked years ago when even CNN 
The buddies over at CNN back in 2018 said, why MSNBC host Joy Reid's hacking claims don't add up? Woman's a liar. She's just an idiot. Like I said, it's just, it's sad that something we discuss from a fact science-based perspective, she has to transition to fascism and white supremacy. It's just ridiculous. Okay, last story of the day I'll throw out there. So I've been warning you about the potential for food shortages in the United States. So yesterday I get a pop on an alert message that this joker at PolitiFact, otherwise known as PolitiFars, John Greenberg, again, another buff. He works at PolitiFact, so it's self-explanatory, the idiocy. But he wrote this article, looming food shortages, probably not in the U.S., and claiming like I'm being hysterical about it, which I, you know, but actually, I take that back. I want to be fair. I don't want to be. He says, like, you know, I gave a more nuanced approach. I don't want to knock the guy on that because I don't want to do what they do to us. But he still cites me in the article as some evidence somehow that what we're talking about is ridiculous. Now, as you well know, folks, if PolitiFact says something's fake, it means it's probably true. This means definitely go out and get food now. Def- if they say probably not in the U.S., definitely go out and get it now. Notice how he hedges, by the way. And this is supposed to be PolitiFact. So because he can't prove in the future, John Greenberg, what hasn't happened yet. So therefore, it can't be a fact check, Joe, because it hasn't happened, right? Yeah, Can you fact check something that hasn't happened? Yeah, hard to do. <laughs> hard to do. Notice what he does. He claims it's a fact check. And then it says probably not because he can't predict it because it's not a fact. It's a politifact. Having said that, Ukraine and Russia, if they engaged in a prolonged war that gets worse, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of the wheat supply around the world happens there. In addition, if there is an ongoing boycott of Russian oil supplies, petrochemicals are used to make fertilizer as well. I'm not sure John knows any of this stuff. Fertilizer, which fertilizes fields. We have feed issues going on too. We could have the potential here for long-term food problems. Don't listen to these idiots. Prepare yourself now. Uh, all right, folks, we're going to wrap it up today. I'll be, uh, I got Sarah Carter on the radio show later. I just want to know Guy is back I appreciate it. At the end of yesterday's show, I kind of, it sounded like, and it's totally my fault. I was taking a shot at Guy. I promise you on my life, I was not. Guy is a, I love my my crew here to death. Not my crew, they're my friends. But Joe, Guy, Jim, Mike, my wife, we really built a special product. And in my efforts to kind of celebrate Joe being here for a while, kind of sounded like I was taking a shot at Guy. Guy was off for no fault of his own. Matter of fact, quite the opposite. Guy fought to come back here and work. And I told him to stay or not him. So we honor Guy's service to this show. Yeah. I mean it. He is a fantastic addition. Yeah. And I didn't mean that to say, I listened to it yesterday on the, on a, one of the things I was like, Oh, that didn't sound right. I didn't mean that. Oh, he's a good man. So it's good to have him back. And if you wouldn't mind a couple of prayers for Paula today, um, it's, it's okay. I don't want to be dramatic, but uh, had a, a little procedure she had to have done. So uh, prayers would help. We always appreciate that. And I'll see you on the radio show a little later. You just heard Dan Bongino.